Hello and welcome to This Body, a podcast about being in a body. I'm your host, Sophia, speaking to you from somewhere under the San Gabriel Mountains above Los Angeles in Southern California. I'm a writer, a yoga instructor, a rock and roll disciple, and a self-esteem enthusiast. I've been living in a body for over 40 years, so I am an expert, as are you, my dear listener. So join me on this surrealist odyssey as we traverse the landscape of our collective body. This body. Hey guys, and welcome to this little teaser episode. The first ever of this body pod. I've had this idea marinating for a long time, but it's taken me a while to assemble my thoughts and ideas a lot of noise in the podcast space, in the wellness space, a lot of unsolicited advice, (laughs) and also a lot of really amazing voices in this space. So yeah, I'm also pretty lazy. I say that with love and light to myself because I adore lounging and I value it. I like taking the pressure off. So yeah, it took me a while to bring it all together but here I am with you today it's December 2023 how's your year been well we can say that we survived I think this year has been at best bad to middling (laughs) to be honest I am so unimpressed honestly on a global level ugh horrible, horrible. Hmm, on a personal, it's been pretty grueling. Lots of existential dread about the state of it all. The close of 2023, another year in the collective winter of our discontent. Life truly feels like a video game these days, don't you think? What's happened on earth this year from my perspective? (laughs) Well, One good thing happened, Lana put out There's a Tunnel Under Ocean Boulevard, loved that. T-Swift and Beyonce's industrial complexes did the most. Joe Biden got a facelift, probably to make us all feel more confident. And of course, everywhere is war. War and rumours of war. To quote Phoebe Bridges, I have emotional motion sickness. How about you? Life is a highway, all right. Ever had to merge onto the 110 in LA? We are fighting for our lives on these highways. Obviously, flying to another city and sitting down at a dinner table isn't exactly a fight to the death in the Coliseum, but the limbic brain and your latent reptile brain and nervous system can perceive it that way. Hence, high octane emotions and drama around the holiday season. When you live in a body, you have to contend with your nervous system and your brain. And so that's our focus today. It's all about mental health and homeostasis, which is when things are just 
level and trucking along and you feel not up, not down. You feel like you're in the middle, homeostasis. And that is hard to achieve. Um, In future episodes, we'll delve into the brain and the way that it works, because it really does help to know why you're spinning out in various directions. You've probably heard about things like fight, flight, freeze, fawn, the survival instinct, all of that stuff. Um, And we'll get into that in future episodes, so make sure that you subscribe. But we won't go too deep into any of that today. This is practical stuff to get you through this season um, and help calm your nervous system. So that you're more comfortable in your body as you traverse the pterodome, (laughs) the holiday terrain. Um, So needless to say, the holidays are insane. They go on forever. Thanksgiving, Halloween just goes on relentlessly until we're just all on the verge of a a nervous breakdown. And then the new year begins. It's brutal. Anyway. I feel kind of rude just launching in, so let me tell you something about moi, so we're not strangers. Some of you may already know my voice from being in my class, teaching yoga, but for those of you who don't, and also for those of you who do, this might be a little new info. I am an only child. I was raised by a solo mum in the 80s in New Zealand in Auckland City. I was a Gen X latchkey kid. I was born in 1979, so quite proud of that fact. I just skidded in at the end of the 70s before the new generation, the millennials. So I identify as a Gen X, though the older I get, the more I kind of identify with being not personally a millennial, but I think my values and stuff might be more aligned with the younger Gen X, older millennial crowd. Um, My mum worked. And she also managed to make Christmas a really cute time for us both. When I was about five or six, we came home from a dinner one night. This is just a memory that popped up. And she'd had someone light up the big pine tree in our front yard. And that was so, it was big. And it's funny because talking about it now, it seems like nothing, right? Like people are so extra these days. (laughs) But back in the 80s, having a tree lit up was a big thrill for me as a child and my mum did those kind of little things inexpensive things but grandiose gestures that really made the holiday season a really cozy and sweet um so life has changed a lot since the 80s and 90s so much so much um If you're interested in hearing more about my 90s teen life, my at-risk youth spent in New Zealand, be sure to subscribe because I'm sure I'll be wafting down memory lane as we go along in this journey of this body podcast. Um, Growing up, I watched America. I watched America. I watched it on my TV, on my MTV Everything that happened culturally in America trickled down to the Southern Hemisphere, albeit very slowly, like we're talking a two-year delay and sometimes like a 20-year delay, it felt like. I remember when I visited America for the first time when I was 10 and some things just seemed like they would never reach 
our little colony down under, and a lot of them still haven't. Um, America just looks so cool. There's a lot to talk about there, but I will save that for a later episode, the outside gaze compared to the inside gaze of this life here in America. In New Zealand, Thanksgiving isn't a thing, so the build-up to the end of December doesn't kick off as early. Though a friend of mine recently hit me to the fact that Black Friday sales have caught on. I don't remember this when I was living in New Zealand. Black Friday comes after Thanksgiving, and we don't have Thanksgiving, so I don't recall having Black Friday sales, but apparently New Zealand has now embraced that, and doesn't that just tell you everything about Christmas and the holidays and the influence of America. As kids, most of us planned and daydreamed and fantasized about how we would live our lives as adults with our older people constantly dictating everything. I definitely was a big daydreamer and visualizer and these days Uh, The internet would call it a manifester, though I don't relate to that word personally. Um, But I definitely daydreamed about freedom and adulthood. None of us had full bodily autonomy as children. We all felt powerless as children. And we we all daydreamed about freedom and adulthood. I really wanted to be free. But that freedom can be really elusive. Usually what happens is we become adults and we have a whole heap of expectations thrust upon us. And for so many reasons, obligation and just perceptions of what we're supposed to be like and just countless other reasons, um, we can feel really crushed under the weight of these expectations and we can't extract ourselves from something that we never wanted we feel hogtied to this societal expectation and to cultural and family pressures and the guilt can be overwhelming when we try to diverge from those social norms. And because of that, our mental health suffers and our bodies grow armor to protect us, which results in pain and stagnation in our physical bodies. This is called armoring and it's a trauma response And as we know in this day and age, there is not a person walking this planet that is not traumatized to the hilt, apparently. So we all have a little aspect of armoring, and that's something that I will definitely be going into in a later episode. So subscribe. First, I want to start with a quote from comedian and one of my icons of chill, Tig Notaro. In 2012, Tig had a whole bunch of awful things happen. She got a bacterial infection, her mother passed away, and then, would you believe she got cancer on top of that? Wild. Thankfully, she's still here with us today, thriving from the looks of things. And she said in her book, I am just a person, the following. The best gift you can give anyone is a well-lived life of your own. The best gift you can give anyone is a well-lived life of your own. I love the simplicity of this statement and the truth of this statement. When you 
live your life well and you take care of yourself, that alleviates so much stress from for the people around you. They don't have to worry about you. If you're taking responsibility for stuff that's happened to you, you know, a lot of stuff just happens to us and we didn't ask for it. Mental illnesses, victimizations, this shit happens to us and we have to take responsibility for it, for how we're responding to it. <clears throat> because if we palm off that responsibility and we compartmentalize these things that have happened or we ignore our health, that is very stressful to people around us. And at the end of the day, I don't want to be a burden to people around me in as much as I can avoid it. So, yeah, the best gift you can give anyone is a well-lived life of your own. And that takes a lot of guilt out of things as well. If you're taking responsibility for what you can then when you really do need care and you do need help, when you're helpless for real, you don't have to feel guilty about it because, you know, you can let people love you and care for you when it comes from a healthy place. You, you might not be physically healthy, but if you've lived like a mentally healthy life, then you won't suffer the kind of guilt that people seem to be afflicted by when they really need to ask for help. So yeah, we got to take care of ourselves. Tig's health and her fortune, I think, has a lot to do with her accountability, taking responsibility for her life. I truly believe that when we step into our adult selves and we take responsibility for our minds and our bodies, mighty forces come to our aid. That is an addendum to a Goethe quote. I did not hear it in philosophy. I heard it from the lips of Frances McDormand in the 2000 movie Almost Famous, Kate Hudson's one and only good film. Be bold and mighty forces will come to your aid. The body is the abode of the soul. If you think of your body as a house, the more light that you let stream into your house, the more radiant your soul will feel. And who doesn't love being around healthy, radiant people at the holidays? That is a true gift. In fact, I, had, I wish I had more of those people in my life. You can also think of your body as a moving body of water, a stream or a river flowing out to sea or to the collective, right? When we don't pay attention Things can get dammed up and stagnant and murky and things don't flow. And so we want clean, crystalline water that flows. So when it gets to the greater body of water, for example, the family dinner table where all streams come to meet into this collective body, it brings nourishment to the conversation and to the energy, not debris. So that's the first thing. Just a little thought, a little knowing that doing a little self-care is a good, wholesome thing that aids society at large, it nourishes your family relationships, 
it nourishes your friendships and most importantly it nourishes you. You're contributing peace when you look after your body and your soul. Are you with me? Remember, you're just a person. The dominant vibe around Christmas is one of being busy, of being really stressed and stretched and going broke and doing a wild relay race for the entire month between like the grocery store, Trader Joe's, Home Goods, Target, Whole Foods, Target, Home Goods, it just Walmart, you know, like around and around and around and around until collapse. Uh, it feels compulsory for some reason. And so those themes are like stress, debt, eating, and guilt. The other side of the coin are those who are suffering loneliness or grief at this time. The holidays can be a very painful and disillusioning time when we're grieving, and it can even be a frightening time because the darkness gets so real when people's Christmas lights are twinkling and you see celebration and you see togetherness and you're alone. If you're dealing with that, know this. You're my soul family. You're my brothers. You're my sisters. You're my non-binary sibs. You are my soul family. My background is my family have all passed on. And I moved to a new country where I knew no one. And that country is Los Angeles, where it is notoriously difficult to find hearts of gold. So I've spent a lot of time by myself. After my mother died, it was a full decade. It was 10 years before the inertia of the holiday season didn't just level me I yeah I mean I felt demolished for years so I know I know I know I know grief I know loneliness I know that aching in your soul when you don't have somebody to be with or a family to be with or you're missing someone take heart yes it is awful 10 years is a long time for things to be awful at the holidays, but it might not be that long for you. It might be longer, but it might not be that long. Just don't know. But you will get to the other side. And there's the there's a reprieve coming. I remember the first time I noticed that I wasn't sinking into that Christmas tar, this quicksand that just used to overtake me. And it was such a, it was like a light feeling, like I was a newborn, like I didn't know what I knew anymore. So yeah, you'll get there too. I want to acknowledge you and just tell you you're seen, you're you're seen, you're felt. I also want to acknowledge those who are nursing a broken heart of the romantic kind this December. Oof, I know what a broken heart can do. There's something about it 
that society, you know, it doesn't really validate how tragic losing a romantic partnership can be. The end of a relationship can be really hard and to reflect upon it during the Christmas season when you're just meant to be cozy and cute and wearing matching pajamas and, yeah, that really sucks. There's definitely a lot of messaging about love and romance and heartbreak in popular culture, but there's also this idea of, like, moving on and just being a boss and getting a revenge body and all of that stuff. And when we receive that, the message can feel like if you aren't bouncing back, then you're a loser, right? You're not a loser. You don't need to carve your body into something different unless you want to go on a fitness journey. I want to validate you and give you permission if you need it to be in your emotional truth. Know that the at the bottom of this abyss, you know, you feel like you're just going down, down, down. At the bottom is a little trampoline and you're going to hit it and you're going to rebound and you're going to start to slowly come up again. And one last thing I want to touch upon here, a little trigger warning to those of you who are sensitive to matters of depression and suicide. I'm going to talk about it briefly. You can skip forward a little if you want. Okay, the additional stress of the holiday season can cause those who struggle to reach a tipping point. I lost someone I loved to suicide in 2004. That experience altered my brain, my whole brain. It's one of the few things in life that can show you something about the foundations on which we build our sense of self, our beliefs about what is real. It's very existential when something like that happens. It messes with your ego in a psychological sense. Not your ego as in your pride, but the the kernel of self that you that represents who you are. And it really makes you think about stuff like what is (sighs) a void opens up, right? Not everybody can see it. And when you stare into the void, the void stares back. And I have definitely stared into it and it has stared back sometimes for years at a time. It is very unmooring. So if this is something that you're going through, If you're missing somebody who left the world by their own design, you deserve grace. You deserve grace. You deserve love. You deserve to care for yourself. You deserve to do whatever you want to do. You got that permission from me if you need it from someone. If you are dogged by suicidal thoughts yourself, You deserve major grace. What you're experiencing is far from crazy. It's 
how to say. The world is a hard place to live in. And sometimes we can feel too sensitive. Know that you are not your feelings. Your feelings are transitory. And to lean on an old, corny, (laughs) um, what's the word? The idea is this too shall pass. Your body is the abode of your soul. When life's experience is as raw and as intimate as this, the soul can separate from the body. So the goal is to bring ourselves back together. I find the most effective way to help myself when I'm in a place of fragmentation is through breathing techniques. Breath is literally life force. Actually, let's just take a breath. Exhale your air out and then take a big breath in through your nose. And sigh it out your mouth. There it is. There's your life force. There's your prana. There's your chi. One of the things I'm including here in the show notes is a video link to a breathing technique that will buy you another day, every day. I guarantee that breathing techniques will bring you back home to yourself and make that home a more comfortable vessel. In future episodes, I will go into various breathing techniques as a way to shift your energy really fast. So subscribe. (laughs) I'm here for you. And I'm just going to leave that conversation there. We'll go deep into it later, but for today, know that you're seen and I'm holding space for you. Okay, so let's be basic now. The holiday season is often fraught with family dramas, everyone coming together and having their thoughts and opinions. And micromanaging things and acting out of character. For some reason, people just tend to short circuit at this time of year. Um, A friend of mine just sent me a text from a family member, more like a text novel, all about gifting ideas and how to make life less stressful for everyone. But the text took two minutes to read aloud and could not have been more stressful. Wouldn't it be just so much nicer if people would just respect one another's boundaries? There's a lot of misconception about what a boundary is, Jonah Hill. A boundary is not telling somebody what they can wear because it makes you uncomfortable if they wear something different. That is not a boundary. A boundary is skin, right? Your skin covers blood vessels It covers your nerves, it covers muscle, skin stops us getting infected, skin stops us from just dying instantly. And if your skin gets infected and the infection isn't contained, it can take over the skin boundary and cause a lot of physical chaos, right? So our emotional boundaries are invisible, but they function in the same way. Leaky boundaries in relationships can lead to major losses, chronic issues with our friends, with our families, with our lovers, in our professional lives. 
Boundaries are also fences and containers. They're limits. We humans love to have choices, but only inside a container that makes sense. When we have no container, we're really unmoored and it feels really crazy. In future, I want to do an episode and I intend to delve really deeply into boundaries in a major way. So please subscribe if you're interested in shoring up your boundaries so that you can serve yourself and those you love. I wanted to mention boundaries because many of you will be spending time with family. And when we're with family, we're in a primal state of being. This is when those of us who are trying to hold healthy boundaries can be on a real white knuckle hell ride. But I think a good starting point for strengthening boundaries or becoming more comfortable with even erecting boundaries is first building our self-esteem. And from there, a sense of authenticity about ourselves becomes stronger and more dominant. We're able to implement boundaries because we have more self-respect and we know who we are. Boundaries are essential for good love. Good love is not entirely free. It requires boundaries. It requires vulnerability. It requires the courage to love authentically. And ideally, this is where we're moving towards in our family relationships. I know that's kind of like a big ask sometimes. How can we even begin to have healthy relationships when we can be so triggered into a primal state with our families? But, you know, while they're around, you might as well try. You might as well give it a shot. Good love is not entirely free. You need to be courageous. The most treasured memories I have of good love in my family, moments like staying up with my grandfather when he was sick, talking. Towards the end of his life, he was sick of going to hospital. He was in a lot of pain. So there were nights when I would hop into bed next to him, keep him company. He'd take nips of whiskey for the pain. And I smoked weed. And this was so radical in my family. I was a teenager. I mean, weed was like, whoa, um... But yeah, it was a taboo. But when shit gets real, it helps to be our authentic selves and show ourselves to those whom we want to know us. Um, we had some hilarious conversations with him tipsy on whiskey and me high on weed. We met each other as completely different people and I am so grateful for taking, taking the risk. So yeah, those are my most magical little talks with my dearly departed papa. I don't recall specific gifts I received. I recall the love. So see if you can try and bring that in. Capitalism has us 
all turned around, man. We feel so guilty if we're not buying shit for people. But are we loving them? Are we loving them? We only have a short window. So take advantage of it. If you feel the culture and traditions around how you and yours celebrate need some reassessment, you can move in that direction. Maybe make it a New Year's resolution if you like those. Okay, so here are my easy-peasy chill tactics. Number one, box breathing. Box breathing is breathing in for a count, holding for the same count, exhaling for the same count, and holding on empty for the same count. All right, let's do one now. Take a breath to prepare. Exhale all your air. Breathing in for three, two, one. Holding for three, two, one. Exhaling for three, two, one. Holding empty, three, two, one. That's a box breath. Return to your natural breath. So very quickly, this breathing technique can shift you out of chaos and back into order, and you have it whenever you need it. In the show notes, you'll find a link to a box breathing video to get you in the flow. It's just a couple of minutes. I hear they use this in like special forces when the shit goes down. I also heard it can take like six minutes if you're in full on like crisis in the special forces. For you, probably just like a minute or two would be sufficient. And even if you do like one to three, that'll bring you back into your body, into yourself. The next thing, singing. Singing is fun. Singing is joyful. It can be mournful. It gets the people going. Singing and dancing can help move stagnation out of your body. You want to be moving things out. Remember that idea of crystalline water flowing, not damming up, not getting silty and dirty and muddy. We want to move stuff out of the body. On a biological level, one of the coolest things singing does is tone or vibrate the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve is actually a nerve system that starts in the brainstem, snakes through the whole body, hitting every major organ, It's the main nerve of your parasympathetic nervous system, which controls digestion. It controls your heart rate. It controls your immune system. The vagus nerve is connected to your vocal cords, and it makes you feel good, right? So if you sing or gargle (laughs) or hum or chant, it's going to make you feel good, and it's going to vibrate everything in your body. This isn't like... Um, neuro. Well, it actually is neuroscience. It's not. Um, it's not hard to understand. You know, sometimes we seem to need science to explain like every damn thing. Some shit is just obvious. Even if you're like the worst singer in the world, you know it feels good to sing. So sing, babe, sing. If it's been a while since you made a new playlist or listened to a favorite album, give yourself that gift. How nice is it for those of you that like to sit down and assemble a playlist? How nice is that? I love doing that. 
It's an important job. It's not frivolous. It's important. It helps your neuroplasticity and it brings you home to yourself and it affirms your taste and your, you know, just the things that are special to you. Go ahead and make yourself a new playlist. Okay. My next suggestion, this is a trick of my grandfather's who fought in World War II. He enjoyed waking us grandkids up with ice water down our necks in the morning. It was funny, but it was also horrible. (laughs) Anyway, this was his trick. Every morning at the end of the shower, we would hear Arthur, my popper, let out this almighty howl like an animal because he'd turned the hot water off in the shower and was having a freezing cold shower. And he did this every morning because it made him feel invigorated. It was always hilarious to hear the howl. So if you live with other people, that's like a byproduct of this thing that you can do. You might you can amuse your family while you lift up your arms, get the cold water on your armpits, get it in between your legs, get it down your butt crack, get it in your hair, get your head under. Even five seconds is great. Scream and howl. The cold blast will shift any depression right out of you for the time being anyway, right? Why not? Why not? The next thing, take a walk. Do you have a dog? If you don't have a dog and you can have a dog, get a dog. If you can't, hopefully you can set your life up for a future dog. (laughs) I'm not suggesting you go and adopt a dog if you live in an inappropriate apartment or you're, you know, a transient person and you aren't ready for that responsibility. But if you can, go get a dog. If you can't, you can still walk, right? If you can't walk, you can get in your whatever vehicle you're using to get around outside of the house and get around the block a couple of times a day. And take that time to notice information coming in through your optic nerve into your eyeballs, into your brain. Be grateful, you know, be grateful for your sight. Notice the little things. If you can see, notice the little things. If you have a good sense of smell or any sense of smell, take that in, take in your senses. Um, Getting outside just feels really good. Now, everyone's always asking if you're meditating, right? If you have a psychiatrist or a doctor or annoying friends who meditate, why don't you meditate? Okay, well, not everybody is attracted to the idea of sitting and just sitting. And how the hell do you do that? Well, here's a hack for you. You're just going to set a timer for one minute and you're going to do it twice a day. And one minute twice a day, all you will do is inhale through your nose Exhale through your nose while you keep your eyes shut for one minute. See if you can focus your attention on the breath. Notice when you veer away from the breath and bring yourself back. And that's it. If one minute feels too brief, you can take it up to three. But don't go longer than three. Wait until the new year. If you don't have a meditation practice, don't go longer than three. 
And then maybe you make a New Year's resolution to learn some good meditation techniques or meditate for a little bit longer. But I think most of us can afford one minute twice a day, no matter who you are, right? Are you really that busy that you don't have two minutes in the day for yourself? All right, do a little dance. Do a little dance. If you can make a little love, do that. If that's not available, we're just talking about dancing. (laughs) Um, No one has to see. Everyone can dance. Everyone can do some kind of movement unless, well, there'd be some people that can't do too much movement, I guess. But a version of dancing, if you have full bodily range, move your hips, sing, dance, dance it out. This is how we get free. This is how we move stuff through the body so we're not holding on to it. Okay. The last thing I wanted to talk about was what Christmas is really all about. Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, all of the stuff at the end of the year is about gratitude. It's about love. It's about giving, but in an emotional way, not in a you know, we, we don't need to do a big bombastic Kardashian-style gift explosion. That doesn't really honor God. Um, but I love you, Kim. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for joining me on this demi-episode of This Body, a podcast about being in a body. Please subscribe, share with your friends. Let's make 2024 a year to, dare I say, thrive. Hope springs eternal. Happy holidays. Stay safe. Stay cool. Go smoke weed with your grandfather. And I'll see you next year.